Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Uh, I want us to start out with prayer uh, for what God wants to do. Just invite God to speak to our hearts. So, Lord, I just thank you and I love you. I say, Holy Spirit, come. You are faithful, you are good, and your presence is fullness of joy. So, Lord, I just thank you that people come and watch today, not for me. Lord, I pray that they will get you. I pray they will get everything who you are. Thank you for loving us so good, being so faithful. And so, Lord, I just yield myself to you for your direction, for your service, whatever you need. And, Lord, we just thank you for this season, that Jesus is truly more than just the reason for a season. You are why we gather every single week. So I lift up the name of Jesus, that you will be exalted in this place, Lord, and that everybody will be drawn close to you, ultimately, that that is our goal and our vision in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. 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 Our vision here at the church is to connect people with Jesus from all roads of life, and here at the roads, we believe the Word of God is the best way to connect with God. So we get a little excited about it. So if you have your Bibles today, get them out. E-Roads family, come on, Mount Carmel. Let's make it all join together as we get excited about turning to Matthew chapter 1. Woo! Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. It's not 2 Thessalonians. It's not Daniel. Today we're going to do something a little different uh, we're going to do what I call a one-hit wonder. So we, some, I'm going to take a break from let no one deceive you. And, and uh, we're going to probably next week as well, we're going to probably start preparing our hearts for prayer and fasting. And then in January, we'll probably pick that back up because I don't think uh, we left off where I want to leave off. So we're going to keep talking about let no one deceive you. I hope you're enjoying that. And, uh, but I hope you can be patient. We'll get back into it later on. Lots of things happening in our world. We want to stay current on what's going on. So we're going to talk about a new uh, message today. Again, just not a series, but just a one-hit wonder, uh, as uh, many people were in the 80s and 90s. A lot of one-hit wonders. This is my vanilla ice message. (laughs) Sorry. I got to get some current jokes, okay? Somebody's like, vanilla ice, who is that? Although my kids have started listening to all these 80s songs. They're like, oh, this music's so good. I'm like, yeah. Where you been? You listen to this garbage today. But no, I'm just kidding. So anyway, um, the title of the message today is I Bring Good News. I Bring Good News. Does anybody else feel like they need some good news? We're facing some very challenging times in life politically, uh, racially, financially, health-wise. It's going on all around us and Last week, after the hearing, hearing the passing of a dear friend, I, I came home and uh, just laid on the bed and started crying, and, and I wanted to get a lot farther along, but this service, I've got Kleenex. Last service, I didn't have it, and it was a slobbery mess. So uh, I just looked at Dawn, and I said, I need to hear some good news, you know, because a lot of time as a pastor, you don't get to celebrate the good news because usually at the same time you're getting good news, you're also getting bad news from somebody else. 
And whilst one is, t- is sending you a testimony text and saying, we're celebrating, we're excited, at the same time, they don't know as you just got a text from somebody saying, we're devastated, we don't know what to do. And so it's a little challenging sometimes. And, and I said, I need to hear some good news. And so in prayer Tuesday, this past week, you know, because so I said last Sunday, I felt like that last week was probably one of the toughest weeks of ministry for me. And so on Tuesday in prayer, I go to God and I felt like the Holy Spirit said these words to me, I bring good news. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I need that Lord. You heard my prayer. I bring good news. And then the rest of the week played out. And I think it was probably worse than the one before. And I said, uh, Lord, what, what, uh, what, what about that good news? So I started asking some questions. What is good news? What does it mean? What does it mean when I said I need to hear some good news? Does good news mean the absence of bad news? Sometimes I think when we say or when I say it, said that moment, I need to hear some good news. What I really was saying is that I don't want to hear any more bad news. Because there's good news around everywhere. You may have to search for it. You may have to look for it. There is good news to be found. But the problem sometimes we get overwhelmed is because the bad news is what all we can see. But I want to tell you this. Good news doesn't always come without adversity or opposition. Good news is not always surrounded by ideal circumstances. Sometimes good news comes at the same time as not so good news. So the question is oftentimes, which one are we going to focus on? Which one are we going to live our life by? I noticed this too. Do you ever notice that how sometimes the exact same news for one person can be good news and for another person can be bad news? I'm talking about the same news. So I thought about a lot of things and I had a whole long list of stuff that I thought might be uh, qualified for that, but I just jotted down three. See if you'll relate to these. The exact same news, good for some people, not good for other people. The first one, hey, the police are here. That's great news for some people, not so good for others. Hey, I got my license. That's good news for some people. Maybe sometimes it's not so good for others. Or this one, hey, I'm pregnant. (laughs) The response exemplified. That sometimes in life, as a pastor, that's been some of the most exciting news. People praying and believing God to be able to say, I'm pregnant. It's also been some of the most tragic news to hear someone have to tell their parents, I'm pregnant. Sometimes the exact same news. I thought back to, of us we have, those of you who don't know us, we have five children and and uh, we had four girls, and then seven years after our youngest girl, um, Dawn was sick with the flu. That's what we had diagnosed. And because uh, she was just throwing up, like, and it was going around, it was like February. So we're praying really hard for her to be healed, for that flu to go. And I had a day, came to the office one day and was praying really hard, and I felt like I had some great breakthrough. And so I was excited to come home and see that she was all better, maybe meet me. Uh, with a great story. And uh, so I saw, came home. I'm like, hey, so how are you? She said, well, I just threw up about five minutes ago. I'm like, oh, what's going on? And uh, she said, well, 
I don't think what I've got I can be healed of. And I was like, first in my thought was instantaneously, is she not believing God with me? Is that the problem? And then she went, and I went, oh, no. She said, oh, yes. Now, again, we believe God with people for, to be pregnant, and so, but in your early 40s, seven years after your last kid, that wasn't what we were expecting. So we rallied and thanked God and blessed the baby, and we're grateful for our, our little boy, seven years old now. But how many knows at the time, sometimes all news doesn't seem good in the moment, but it turns out to be a tremendous blessing in your life. Let's look at Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to do the best. I'm going to apologize ahead of time for uh, being a little emotional today, but it says this in verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, if you're not sure what before they came together means, ask your parents. She was found with child, being of the Holy Spirit. So Mary was betrothed to Joseph. The word betrothed is a legal term in, in the Hebrew, which talks about being engaged, to be legally promised to, like committed to. Not like engagement to now, now when you give an engagement ring is that this is a promise that I'm going to marry you. And this was a legal binding thing in their culture that once you were engaged, it's almost the same as being married. You weren't yet, but it was a commitment. It was that level of commitment. So when he was betrothed to her, then it says she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And it says, then Joseph, her husband, notice it called, her, called him her husband already. That's how deep the commitment was in their culture. Being a just man, he was a good man, he was a kind man, he was, he was sensitive, he was favorable towards her, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly, or the word put her away just means to release or to dismiss or to terminate the marriage. And he was a good man, and he didn't want to make a spectacle of her, didn't want to run her name in the ground, and didn't want to shame her in front of everybody, but, but obviously... He had to break it off because she's pregnant. Now Mary had told him, don't worry, it's of the Holy Spirit. Right. Put yourself in that position. We're reading it out of the Bible. And we're like, oh yeah, it was God. When you're Joseph and your wife-to-be comes up to you and says, hey, I'm pregnant, but don't worry, it's of the Holy Spirit. He's like, yeah, I'm sure it is. Beat it. Floozy. I mean, you know he had to have these thoughts, right? Maybe I'm just, I like to get into stories. But so anyway, but then notice what happens. He wanted to put her away secretly, but he thought about these things. And, and ever no, you ever notice this, that God waited till after they got engaged before she got pregnant? After Joseph made his commitment, after he made his promise, after he signed up to be with her till death do us part, after that, challenge came, adversity came, conflict came, devastation came, confusion came. 
Here's what I began to relate to that. Sometimes we think once we start serving Jesus that all of our problems go away. But I want to challenge you and encourage you at the same time and say this. Once you sign up to be committed to serve Jesus, be prepared for your commitment to be challenged. Hey, I'm committed to marry you, Mary. Good. I'm pregnant and it's of God. Whoa, I'm out. Right? He waited till after to test it because she was found with child. She was pregnant, but it wasn't with his child. He wasn't the daddy. He knew that. And, you know, he had, to, he had to think about his experience. He had to look at other women that were pregnant. And he had to go through the thought process of, I know what's going on. My logic and reason tells me that you have been with another dude. You've been running around on me. So, obviously, you don't love me. This is plain and simple. As a nose on my face, this is exactly what's happening. But look what happens. Then, while he was thinking about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid to follow through with your commitment. I know you started serving Jesus, but then right after you committed to serve God, it seemed like things got worse. Don't be afraid to follow through with your commitment because things get hard. I know you signed up to be a Christian, and then right after you signed up to be a Christian, everything got more difficult. Well, don't be afraid, because it is not something to, real, not to think in our mind. We're not going to have adversity just because we start serving Jesus. Don't be afraid to follow through with it. He says, I know, Joseph, you're confused. I, I know it doesn't look right. I know it's not what you had in mind. I know you don't understand it. I know you can't figure it out. I know you don't know how it happened. But what you think God could not possibly be a part of, he is actually right in the middle of. Sees this woman he's going to be married to and she's pregnant. He just doesn't understand. And God says to him, listen, this is of me. Trust me through what you don't understand. Trust me through what you can't figure out. Trust me through what pains you. Trust me in the process. Can we trust God in the process when we can't figure out what's going on? That's the challenge he's given to us. That's the challenge he gave Joseph. He says, she will bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Here's what he's saying. Hey, Joseph, I know that you don't understand this process, but this needs to happen this way. It needs to happen this way. Why does it need to happen this way? Go on, verse 22. So all this was done, here's why, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. The Bible had prophesied that a virgin shall be with child. Why does it have to be this way, God? Why does my wife have to be the one that's pregnant with the Holy Spirit so that all my friends get to mock me and make fun of me that my wife that I'm taking actually was with another guy and I believed that it was God. I didn't, I didn't know how. Why do I have to be that? He said, because it has to be a virgin, Joseph, because I need to break the seed of sin off of humanity. So if you father this child, it will not be good for you. What I'm doing in your life is not only going to be good for you, it's going to be good for all of mankind. Trust me in what I'm doing. But God, it's going to be hard. It hurts. He said, I know, but trust me, it's going to be good for you. I'm going to work it out for your good. Don't understand it. You don't know why. 
But it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, bear a son. They will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her, in the biblical sense again, till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Now go over to Luke's account, Luke chapter 2. So we see from the basis, just building a foundation, that Jesus was born of Mary to a mother impregnated by the Holy Spirit, to a father who had to believe that and not hold a grudge. He had to believe what the word of the Lord said, and he had to trust him in the process. So now let's look at Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria, so all went to be registered for the for this for the uh, the censor for the census that was taking place. Sorry, they all went to be registered. Everyone to his own city. So now the leaders of a family would lead their family to their own city, their city of birth. And Joseph's city of birth was Bethlehem. So Joseph Joseph left Galilee out of the city of Nazareth with his wife to be Mary and with child to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife who was with child. Verse 6, so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. I want to land on this for a moment. Remember, she's pregnant. She's expecting, she's with child, and they've got to travel on a journey, and this isn't in a car, they don't have leather seats, she's riding, maybe riding on a donkey, we don't know if she could be walking, we don't, we don't know if she's in a car, it doesn't really speak to that, but she's traveling, they're traveling from Galilee all the way to Bethlehem, and it says that the days were completed, what does that mean? That means the time had come, or they had filled up. When it says the days are complete, I mean the time had come to fullness. The days were completed for what? The days were completed for her to be delivered. Her to be delivered. Usually when we talk about having a baby, we talk about the baby being delivered. But this says says the days had come for her to be delivered. Now the word delivered means to give birth or to produce from seed. So I read this in that context. It says, so the time had come for her to produce from what was on the inside of her. And what was on the inside of her was from who? It was from God, from the Holy Spirit. So now here she is traveling, and it says the days had come, the time had come for her to produce out of what God had put on the inside of her. But notice when this happened. When were the days fulfilled? When was it time for her to produce out of what God had put on the inside of her? Notice the wording. It says, while they were... Let's let's come together with me. Let's say it all together. While they were there, while they were there, the days were not completed when she got to where it was ideal for her. She wanted to have the baby at home. She had the nursery all prepared had a nice bed, had blankets made, and had all the decorations up. 
They knew it was going to be a boy because the angel had come spoke to them, so they had blue everywhere. And they even knew what the name was going to be because the angel told them it was supposed to be Jesus. So they had that knitted into the blanket and had all. They wanted, they were ready to be at home, but they had to travel to get this census out of the way. But they were just going to do that. And Joseph said, hey, no big deal. We'll go there and we'll come back. So they were prepared. They'll do it at home. I'm gonna, I want to have this baby where it's convenient and where it's ready. We got the midwife set up. She's going to be there. It's going to be awesome where we're ready. But how many know the days were not completed when they were ready? The days were completed when God was ready. Notice where God was ready. God said, while you were there, while you were there, where's where's there? It wasn't during ideal circumstances. They were in Bethlehem. They were out of town. They were traveling. what, what, What about having it there? Here's the question that I wrote down to apply to us. What are you doing while you are, where you are, at the time you are, where you are. What are you doing, where you are, while you are, where you are, at the time you're there? Are you producing where you are, or are you waiting for a different place or a different time? Are you waiting to get there, or are you producing while you're here? Well, I don't like when I'm where I'm here. It's not good where I'm here. It's not convenient. How many times we're always thinking about when we get there, then we're really going to do something. When I get there, then I'm really going to start serving God. When these circumstances change, then I'm really going to go for it. When, when I get there, wherever there is, when, I, when we get there, our marriage is going to be better. When I get the better job, when I get, when I get there, when, when I get older, then I'll start serving God. I gotta, you know, I'm young. i got to experience things. i got to sow my oats and all that. When I get there, then what's our theirs that we're waiting on to produce what God put on the inside of us? When I make a little bit more money, then, then I'll get, I, I know, I, I got, I'm waiting on this or waiting on that. And God's saying, what are we doing with while we're here, where we are? What are we going to do? Well, I'm just waiting for when the virus goes away. I'm waiting for the election results to get finalized. I'm, I'm waiting on when I get there. When I'm, when I'm waiting on this, I'm, wait, I'm waiting on that. A lot of times we're waiting on something else to happen when God is saying, produce where you are. Bloom where you're planted. Bloom where you're planted. It may not be the planned location. It may not be what you have in mind. It may not be the right circumstance. It may not be convenient. It may not be comfortable. It may not be easy to produce what God put on the inside of you. But God is saying to you, produce where you are. Notice the days were completed for her to be delivered. Verse 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son. How many knows the words, two words, brought forth? Ladies, can you help us men out? The two words brought forth don't exactly fully exemplify the experience of birthing a child. They just were brought forth. (laughs) They were brought forth. (laughs) They brought forth. She brought forth her firstborn son. Yeah, just brought forth. It sounds easy. Brought forth until you're in there. I've been in there five. Yeah, I've been in there five times. And there was nothing easy about the bringing of forth. She brought forth her son in the midst of pain, in the midst of discomfort, in the midst of inconvenience, in the midst of challenge, in the midst of adversity. She brought forth her son. There's some things on the inside of you that God wants you to bring forth, but do not be surprised, do not be shocked when you have to bring them forth through pain. When you have to bring them forth through adversity, through opposition. We want to bring forth in ideal circumstances. And God is saying to us, we're not always going to have ideal circumstances when God says, I want you to bring forth what I put on the inside of you. 
I want you to give of what I've given you. It's time. The days are completed. It's time for you to obey me. Well, it's just not a good time for me. I got this going on, that going on, work, and yeah, it's just a not, not a good time for me. When is going to be the good time? Well, when I get there, where, where, where's your there? Where's your there? My experience is there never comes. Ideal circumstances never come. It never comes a time where you don't have challenges to face. You still have to do what God is calling you to do. I was trying to think about this and, and thinking about the options and challenges that we face. And look at verse 7. When she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. No room in the inn. The inn represents to me the publicly recognized place to stay for lodging. The, the inn, that's where everybody goes to spend the night. They go to the inn. But there was no room for them to give birth to what God had put on the inside of them in the inn, in the public place, where everybody else did it, where it's common to do it. There was no room for them. What does that mean? The room means a spot, a place, or a position. So to me, it's saying this. When you go to give birth to what God has put on the inside of you, don't be discouraged if there's no spot, place, or position for you in the normal positions where everybody else goes or the way everybody else does it, what everybody else thinks is the right way to do it. There may not be a place for you where everybody else goes, but God will make a place for you. He will make a place for you. It may be a manger. It may be inconvenient. It may be in a stable. It may be in a place that no one else would ever go do. But be ready to give what God has put on the inside of you to do because he is faithful to provide you a place. Going on in verse 8, says, Now there were there in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Imagine yourselves being shepherds out in the field, and all of a sudden, boom, angels show up in the sky. They were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, here was the words, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings or good news of great joy, which will be to all people. I bring you good tidings news of great joy. I bring you good news. When I thought about this, I thought about this week and I, I thought about all the challenges and I, I, I begin to think back over the years and times when it was difficult for me to do what I do because of bad news. Maybe bad news that everybody knew about, maybe bad news that nobody knew about, but I knew about. And, and you have to deal with the presence of bad news and you have to still answer the bell and answer the call to come up and bring good news because everybody's coming looking for good news. And so you got to bring good news when all you're thinking about is bad news and you're thinking about what you've been told. And, and so I begin to process that and thinking about, God, how do we, how do, we do this? And he said, listen, you've got to, you've got to look at it the right way because I said, God, I need some good news. He said, I I've got good news. You're just listening to the bad news. I said, Lord, I, I'm tired of bad news. He said, I never promised you you wouldn't have bad news. I promised you the presence of good news. Because when they said, behold, I bring good news, notice what he didn't say. The good news didn't say Here's what I'm, it's not about what was left or what was leaving, but it's about who came. Look at the next verse. It says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ 
the Lord. What was the good news? The good news, notice the day that the, day, uh, the, day that the angels came and said, I bring good news about Jesus being born. That day did all killing stop in the world? Did all the bad news stop that day? Jesus was good news in the presence of bad news. God sent Jesus into the world in the midst of a world that was still surrounded by bad news, but he said, from heaven, I bring good news. You may not get good news from this person, from that person, from this situation, from that situation, but I bring good news. I bring good news. And I said, Lord, I, I, need, I need good news because I'm a little overwhelmed at times by the bad news. I don't get to think about, um, you begin to rehearse all the times and all the losses and difficulties and challenges that I had to come and speak and and nobody knew what I was feeling. Maybe it's bad news in my house. Maybe it's bad news out of my house. But, but nobody had to know. And, and I'm not making it about me. I just want to be transparent as a human to let you know that there's going to be bad news. But God says, I bring good news in the midst of bad news. And we as Christians are not promised that we will not receive bad news. But we're promised the presence of good news to give us strength to endure in times of difficulty. We're going to have them. And I'm so, I just feel like God is willing to encourage you. When he said, I bring good news, and, and yesterday I said, God, I cannot preach this message. I said, I cannot. Because this week was definitely one of those weeks where I was ready to hand in the resignation. I said, I can't do it anymore. I can't. Because no matter what I do, it's a good decision for some, it's a bad decision for others. And, and uh, you, somebody came by, didn't even go to our church, but came by and said, thank you for staying open. We're so grateful. And then there's other people posting some pretty rough stuff that gets personal, blaming me for things. And, and I thank God... <laughs> It's not about me. I don't want to make a pity party for me. I just want you to know you're going to have to hang on to good news in the midst of bad news. You're going to have to trust the giver of good news and say, Lord, I'm going to keep showing up and giving what you put on the inside of me because I'm not in this because of the absence of bad news. I'm in this to give good news that Jesus is the one who's going to help us through our difficulty. The good news wasn't that, hey, there's no more bad news in the earth. Jesus was born. Yay. No, that wasn't the news. The news was in the midst of bad news still going on in the earth. Jesus was born. The good news was the presence of a who, not the absence of a what. It was the presence of him that when we have adversity, we have difficulty, we have someone to hang on to to say, God, I need you right now. I'm confused. I don't understand. I don't know how, why this is happening. But Jesus, you are my hope and my future. Who's going to help the world? We need some good news about the election. I've got it. His name is Jesus. But what if this happens? What if that's happened? His name is still Jesus. Had many people die over the years in my church. And I don't know that I can rank any above the others. 
And when I said, God, I can't, I can't. He said, my, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And if you can't serve me through your pain, then you'll never be strong enough to help someone else walk through their pain. So I say this again, not to make it about me, but to encourage you that we serve a God who brings good news. You're like, but I don't have any good news. Yes, we do. We have the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even when circumstances don't go the way I want them to do, things don't go out the way I want them to go out, I still have hope in Jesus. Where else would I go? He alone has the words of eternal life. I've tried life without Jesus. It's not working for me. So I'm going to try trouble with Jesus instead of trouble without Jesus. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of the vengeance of our God. Listen to this part. To comfort all who mourn. He did not promise me that I would never mourn. He promised me he would comfort me when I do. The good news is not to you today. Hey, serve Jesus, you'll never mourn. No, the good news is serve Jesus, you'll never mourn alone. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. My heart is heavy today for a lot of reasons. A dear, dear friend of mine passed after two in one week. And then people pointing the finger I want to say this to you to encourage you because you're going through your own challenges, your own adversities, your own situations in life. God brings good news to you. You may have to dig for it. You may have to cry for it. You may have to say, God, I don't understand. I, don't, I can't find it right now. Just keep looking. The good news is Jesus. It's him. He's your prize. It's not about when the bad news goes away, that's my good news. No, your good news is in the bad news. Jesus is still there. He's a very present help in time of trouble. David, the psalmist said, though I make my bed in hell, behold, you are with me. You will never leave me nor forsake me. I say today, I bring good news. I bring good news to the United States of America. I bring good news to Southern Illinois. I bring good news to the Rhodes Church. I bring good news. His name is Jesus, the Savior of the world. He came into this world to save the world from sin. He is the hope of the world. 
so we're not giving our lives to Jesus because we won't ever have bad news. It's because I'll never have bad news by myself. So I'm committed. I, I re-upped. I said, Lord, I'll do it for you. I'll keep doing it for you. No matter what people say, I'm going to keep showing up and giving what God has given me. And I don't say this for any pity. Please don't spin it the wrong way. I'm saying it to say, being transparent, that I'm a human being like you. And you're going to have to show up and give what God has put on the inside of you. No matter how much it hurts at times. No matter how much you're confused at times. While you are there. While you are there, the time is completed for you to give birth to what God's put on the inside of you. Not when you get there. It's while you're here. While you're where you are right now. Now you say, God, here am I. Send me. I am available, Lord. Use me in the midst of pain and confusion and not understanding my circumstance. I'm not waiting for ideal. I'm not waiting for comfort. I'm not waiting for convenient. I'm asking God right now while I'm here. I choose to give birth. In pain, I give birth. I release the gifts that you've given me in pain for the joy that was set before him. Jesus endured the cross. What I'm going through is nothing. It's nothing. My Savior hung naked on a cross after he was beat with a whip 39 times, took three nails into his hands and feet, was mocked, spit on, had his beard pulled out, punched in his face, thorn, crown of thorns stuck on his head. He did that for me. If he did that for me, then I can give what I need to give to him when he asks me to give it. So do you serve yourself? Do you serve convenience? Do you serve comfort? Or do you serve the Savior? Do you serve Jesus? I bring good news. I bring good news that before you were ever born, God had a purpose and a destiny for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.